Welcome to The Will Evans Show, a podcast that is meant to teach you everything you did not learn in school. Today, I want to pose the question and answer, are the seven baby steps biblical? And then I'm going to coach you up. Let's go. One of the questions I always get is, Will, why did you choose Dave Ramsey, out of all of the guys that talk about uh, money and finances, why, what, what drew you to Dave Ramsey and the seven baby steps? And one of the reasons that I always tell them is when I was growing up and the way that I viewed money around me and I saw how money affected people, I realized that there were a lot of people that were not handling and stewarding their money well. And there were a lot of people that I knew in my life that were living paycheck to paycheck and they were just not good with their money. And I was like, I do not want to be in that position. And at this time, I was seriously dating my now wife, Kendall. And so I was already had that thinking of, hey, I'm going to have to provide for her. I'm going to have to take care of her. And I took the foundations in personal finance, which is a high school curriculum that Ramsey Solutions has. So I remember Dave Ramsey, but you know, I was one of those high school kids that I just did the work, didn't really pay attention to. And I really started to look at, man, what this guy is saying is true. I started running the numbers of, hey, can I actually become a millionaire by not making a million dollars a year? Can I retire with a lot of money in the bank, is that possible in today's world? And what I quickly found out is, yes, that is possible. But then I was like, well, there's more to it than just the money. So I wanted to look and see, hey, what does the Bible say about money, about wealth, about stewardship? What does it actually say? So today I want to break down the baby steps and, and I want to talk about each baby step and how I believe that it is a biblically-based principle. And I'm hoping that in doing that, I can win some of you over uh, to this tribe of saying, hey, I want to be better with my money. I want to get on a plan, and I want to change my family tree. I want to change the trajectory that my family has been going, the way we've handled money. I want to change that. I'm hoping by doing this, you will see that, hey, this is common sense, but it's also, uh, these principles are also based uh, on scripture as well. So baby step one is obviously saving $1,000 for your start emergency fund. So this is, this is starting to activate this trait of, hey, you have to live on less than you make and you have to save money if you're wanting to follow what the Bible says, because you look at what it says in Proverbs, the book of the wise, it says the wise have wealth and luxury, but fools spend whatever they get. So it's talking about people that can't save money, they just spend whatever they have. So saving the $1,000 as your starter emergency fund is the step in the right direction of saying, hey, I'm not going to spend all the money I get. I'm going to start setting money aside for future things. And in this case, setting money aside for emergencies. So and that's $1,000 for the starter emergency fund. Baby step two is paying off all of your debt. So this is 
all of your consumer debt minus your mortgage. So this is personal loans, car loans, student loans, credit card, uh, anything that you owe to someone that isn't your mortgage, you're going to pay it all off using the debt snowball. What does scripture say about this? Proverbs 22.7, we, we discussed this a couple episodes ago. Proverbs 22.7 is the rich rule over the poor and the borrower is slave to the lender. The, the Bible also, it doesn't just warn you about you going into debt. It also tells you that when you decide to co-sign for your grandson or co-sign for a friend or a family member, that that is wrong as well. Proverbs 17.18 says, One who has no sense shakes hands and pledge and puts up security for a neighbor in another version that I came across, it says, it's stupid to guarantee someone else's loan. So when I think about that, like co-signing is not an option either because you are signing on, you are signing up for someone else's debt. And the crazy thing is when you co-sign for someone, most of the time you end up paying for that loan or whatever it is. Because if, if someone is having to get a co-signer, do you know what that means? That means the bank is saying they are not worthy of this loan. They need someone else to pay it. That's what they're saying. That's what it means to have a cosigner. So you should never cosign for anyone else either. I put that with baby step two because we're just talking about debt. The Bible never says anything good about debt. It says that the borrower is slave to the lender. When you choose to take out debt, you are a slave to that lender. Your master is American Express or Discover or uh, that car company that you have. That is your master when you decide to take out debt. Baby step three is you're going to move that $1,000 emergency fund to a three to six month fully funded emergency fund. This is by far one of my favorite baby steps, but it's probably one of the most underrated baby steps because it it's you just finished paying off debt, so you're coming off the high of that, and then you're having to save more money. But it's my favorite baby step because it's where I truly started to see my financial situation change because, you know, I just paid off $28,000 of debt, and now I'm starting to grow money in the bank. I'm starting to see that I actually have money. I'm actually, I'm no, I'm no longer in the red. I have money in the bank. And one of the things I get from people when I talk about credit cards is they find security in their credit card. I say, hey, why do you have a credit card? They say, well, I just have it just in case. Well, my just in case, my backup is my three to six month emergency fund. I would rather have money in the bank than having a piece of plastic with a 20% interest attached to my just-in-case emergency. That's why I love the three- to six-month emergency fund because no matter what life throws at me, I have my emergencies covered. I have three to six months of living expenses covered if something were to happen. It's one of the reasons I don't need a credit card. You know, we've talked on this show other reasons of why we don't need a credit card. But this is one of the reasons of why you don't need it because you no longer have to find security in a piece of plastic because you have money in the bank. And so that, that from a biblical perspective, that goes back to, hey, you are starting to save money 
and you're not going to spend whatever you get. The wise have wealth and luxury, but fools spend whatever they get. The next baby step is baby step four. You do baby steps four, five, and six all at the same time. But baby step four is 15% into retirement. So you take your gross income and you take 15% of that and you put it away for retirement. Uh, In Proverbs 13, 22, it says, A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. And yes, I'm not going to say that this verse is only talking about money. There's other ways you can leave an inheritance to your children's children. But I'm also not saying that it has nothing to do with money because I think money has a big part in this. So how do you leave an inheritance to your children's children? By building wealth. You have to build your own wealth in order to leave an inheritance to your children's children. And part of that inheritance that I won't you to understand and take away from this is that yes you may leave them some money but you also are going to be teaching them and leaving them with a good understanding of how money works and how to steward that money well because you've understood that hey this money is not mine belongs to the lord and i am just a manager of this money so when you are leaving an inheritance to your children's children You're also leaving that with them as well of how to steward that money well. Now, side note, I don't want you to, we're we're talking about building wealth. I don't want you to go out and to get into some kind of get rich quick scheme because that's dumb. It's a terrible idea. And Proverbs, again, has something to say about it. Proverbs 28.20 says, He who hastens to be rich will not go unpunished. So don't, don't try to get rich quick. We've talked about on this show, you have to be the turtle. The turtle will always beat the hare. However way you read that book or hear that story, the turtle will always win. This is a marathon, not a sprint. So we're not doing any of that get rich quick scheme where you're scrolling on TikTok and they'll say, I made a million dollars this past year, but you're going to keep scrolling. I see all that junk on Instagram, and that is a get-rich-quick scheme. Do not fall for that. They're trying to sell you a product, and by them selling you that product, you are making them rich, but it will leave you with nothing. Do not get into that because you always see these success stories of these get-rich-quick schemes, but the thing is you see the one out of a thousand success stories, you never see the 999 failures that occur from these get rich quick schemes. And I just love what Proverbs says He who hastens to be rich will not go unpunished. Next baby step, baby step five, is kids' college, saving money for that. One verse that I really love when you're talking about saving for kids' college, and we can get into the discussion of hey, should you? Should your kid pay for their own college? Should you help them out? What does that look like? Everybody's situation is going to be different. I don't think there's a right or wrong answer. But also, you should be teaching your kid, hey, student loans are not an option. And for me, I want to help my kids go to college debt-free. And that may look like me setting money aside for them to go to college. And so one, one of the verses I've kind of labeled with baby step five is you look at Luke chapter 14 verses 28 through 30. And this is when we talk about budgeting, this is also the verse for that. It's 
Verse 28 says, but don't begin until you count the cost for who would begin construction of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there's enough money to finish it. Otherwise, you might complete only the foundation before running out of money, and then everyone would laugh at you. They would say, there's the person who started that building and couldn't afford to finish it. So when it comes to saving for kids' college, we're going to look at uh, a 529 plan or an ESA or just setting money aside in a high-yield savings. And then from the biblical point of view, as you are doing this, you are counting the costs, you are setting money aside because you don't want to get to the point where your kids go off to college and they feel like they have to choose student loans because for me and my family, student loans are not an option. That's how it should be for you. So that's baby step five. Baby step six, this is got to be one of the best feelings once you get and complete baby step six, which is to pay off your house early. Uh, I don't have a specific verse for baby step six, but one thing that I can assure you when baby st- when you get to baby step six and you complete it, the peace that comes with that is a peace that is only given from the Lord because you you no longer have the your biggest asset you there's there's no way somebody can take that away from you because you own it free and clear. It is yours. The grass in your backyard is yours. The peace that comes with that, it, when I talk to people that have a paid-off house, that's the number one thing they say. The peace that comes with a paid-for house is just something you cannot even imagine. So that's one of the benefits of baby step six and paying off your house early. Also, when you paid off early, You're going to pay less than what it was if you actually completed the entire loan amount. So if you did a 15-year or or even if you did a 30-year, if you pay it off early, it is less than what you would have paid if you completed the loan because you won't have paid as much interest. Next thing, it's going to help you with cash flow. So when we're talking about saving money, putting money aside for kids' college, and then once we get to baby step seven of being able to build wealth and give, upping that generosity category in your budget, the cash flow that comes with that. Imagine what you could do. Say you have a $2,000 mortgage. What could you do with an extra $2,000 in your budget? I mean, for me, uh, gosh, I mean, you could do a, I could do a lot with $2,000 extra in my budget. And so that's another big thing, cash flow. And I already mentioned this, but your biggest asset is paid for now. And at this point, you don't have any more debt. You don't owe anybody anything else. So when we go back to what it says in Proverbs, a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. Once you get to the point to where you start talking about estate planning and stuff like that, you are getting to the point to where your kids will never know what debt is. They won't ever feel the weight that you feel of being chained by debt, being chained by student loans or car payments or credit card debt. They will never feel that weight because you decided to follow these plans and to commit to it. They will never feel that. That leads us into baby step seven, which is build wealth and give. And I've already mentioned this a little bit in the last baby step. Just imagine once you get to baby step seven, 
You know, the Lord loves a cheerful giver. He loves generosity. He calls us to be generous. And then once you get to baby step seven, you will be able to do stuff that you've never even dreamed of when it comes to generosity because you stewarded your money well, you got out of debt, and you took control of your income. When you do all of that, generosity, man, it's just, it makes generosity so much fun and you can just be outrageously generous because you don't owe anybody anything. You don't have a house payment anymore. Think about if you just moved your house payment over to generosity. You have a $2,000 mortgage, $2,000 a month you could put towards generosity that you couldn't before. Just think about that. And I, I love this verse out of Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verses 18 through 19. It is good and fitting for one to eat and drink and to enjoy the good of all of his labor in which he toils under the sun all the days of his life, which God gives him, for it is his heritage. As for every man to whom God has given riches and wealth and given him power to eat of it, to receive his heritage and rejoice in his labor, this is the gift of God. And when I read this passage, I don't want you to miss the focus of this message. It's not, oh, look at me. Look at what I have accomplished. It, it isn't wealth. It's not saying money is the goal, so go and get that bag. It, it isn't, it's not the enjoyment of wealth or any of that. The only focus of these two verses is the Lord, is God. It talks about, hey, this is the gift of God. And so this passage is very clear that God is the one who gives us the work. He's the one that gets us up in the morning, gives us the energy to go to work. And then he also gives us, and this is, this is the coolest part of this verse. He gives us the power to eat of it and to rejoice in our labor. It's all from God. The days, the work, the reward from the work. We get to enjoy that. And all of this is the gift of God. Scripture says that it is our heritage to enjoy the good of all our labor or of all labor. And so when it, we're talking about baby step seven, building wealth and giving, I don't want you to miss with these baby steps either that money is not evil. And I'm also not saying that if you pray and if you do these steps that you're going to be the richest man alive and the Lord's just not going to, I'm not preaching the prosperity gospel. That's not what I'm doing. But what I'm wanting you to understand is that you can you can build a life to where you have zero stress about money by following these principles. You can become wealthy. When I say wealthy, I'm, it's not a dollar amount. But it's a point in your life to where you have zero stress about money. You don't owe anybody anything else. You are living a comfortable life and you get to enjoy the reward of the work that the Lord has given you. And you're getting to enjoy the 
the money the Lord has blessed you to manage. You get to enjoy all of that. You can enjoy all of that by following these principles. And some of you out there, you're saying, well, Will, this is great. You're talking about all this Jesus stuff and God and biblical stewardship. You're talking about all that. And for for you out there, I don't want you to miss this either, that this isn't just for believers. These principles, they're not just for believers. And ultimately, like I want you to understand that the, the Lord is the the master of of all of this. He he owns everything. But even if you're not there yet, this works for anybody. This is just common sense. These are common sense principles outlined perfectly for you in a way to build wealth. So I am on a mission to teach people how to steward their money well, and that starts with taking control of your income and getting out of debt. These baby steps have worked for me personally. I would never lead you astray. I am actively doing these principles in my life, and they can work for you. You're listening to The Will Evans Show. Hey guys, it's Will. I know this show is all about what you didn't learn in school, but for some of you, you need a little more personalized help, and that's what Evans Financial Coaching is. I specialize in helping people pay off debt and build wealth. If this is you, I've put my contact info in the show notes, so please reach out. I'm here to help you. Evans Financial Coaching, creating paths to financial freedom. Welcome back to the Will Evans Show. We've been talking about the seven baby steps. Are they biblical? And I've hopefully outlined uh, some verses for you to go along with the baby steps. And, you know, I really want you to take ownership of this podcast as well. I hope you that you are getting something out of it. So if you are, I would love if you would just share it with somebody. Nowadays, it's so easy to just hit the the share button, text it to someone, put it on your social media, whatever you want to do to share it. It's just so easy to do that nowadays. And that would uh, help me out, help this show out. And m- almost every show, I always answer a question because that's the heart of this show. That's the heart behind this podcast is to answer your questions. And one of the questions I got from an Instagram post is, I'm looking for tips on finding extra money to throw at the mortgage. So this is a very broad question. And the biggest thing that I want to point out before I get into some, uh, some ways to do that is once you get to baby step six of paying off your house early, you move from, you know, in baby step two, you're gazelle intense, you're doing everything you can to pay off your debt as quickly as possible. You move from that intensity to just being intentional with putting money towards the house. So tips, so some practical tips on how to do that. Still, you obviously still want to be living within your means, living on less than you make, and really looking at stuff like, hey, do I need this? Uh, Is this something I can put off? And for me, you got to understand, hey, how quickly do I want to pay off this house? And because I'm, I'm okay with running the number and saying, okay, it says it's going to take me nine years. 
How can I do it in seven? Hey, maybe that's cutting back on vacation. Maybe that's cutting back on eating out a little bit. Obviously, you just all of this is just being very intentional with where your money goes. So <clears throat> this may not have answered your question directly on some ways to do that. Uh, obviously, when you're in debt, one of the best things to do is to go through your closet, go through your house, and start to sell stuff. It's one of the best things you can do. Like We have so much junk nowadays. I love... Uh, looking at all the or listening to the minimalist minimalist podcast and tips on how to uh, mi- uh, minimize a lot of the stuff, a lot of the junk you have in your house. And once you do that, you can start selling that stuff. That's a very easy way to throw some money onto the mortgage. Uh, but that's just again, once you get to baby step six of paying off your house early, you're moving from that intensity to intentionality. But also. I'm 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 down for it if you are wanting to pay it off early and you get a little intense. Now that also has to be an agreement between you and your spouse. It doesn't want to be one-sided, you know. But that's just a couple of tips on how to throw a little extra money at the mortgage. Uh, and as always, it's a huge thanks to Ben for making this show run. Couldn't do it without Ben. Uh, remember that no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. This is The Will Evans Show.